So, is there any other yes. topic that we absolutely have to cover in, in banter before we get to stuff? No, sorry. No, that's fine. I'm no, just, no, I'm no. just like, because you have like one minute. The Sunday Skypers. Burning Beards. Alright, so getting on topic, since uh, I'd like to get through a few things today. The play aspect of today is not going to be huge. There's probably not a point of going over beliefs um, and refining them, because you're going to get very little screen time. It's really just yeah. mostly wrap-up and positioning for next season, and then we're going to do the trade vote and get fun stuff. So, I think the first thing... Every indication so far points to Slate not being the sort of break out of Alcatraz type. No, not really. He could, he would if he knew there was even a remotest chance of success, but he knows there isn't. So also, he's yeah, separated from he's separated wait. from Ty and, and yeah, um, he's also separated from Dog, which he's kind of right. pissed about. Ah. More of a Stockholm syndrome type. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm I'm thinking we're maybe not going to do a, a sort of escape montage. More like last day in prison montage? Yeah, something like that. Screw it. Let's just jump right in and uh, like get this thing on the road, and then we can get uh, fiddly clerical bits. It's outside of the makeshift stockade, uh, which is a kind of um, storehold on the northern underway, north of Scoria, toward Breccia. Uh, it's sort of cramped. It has this um, sparsely carven, uh, cramped interior with a bunch of doors uh, that lead to various storerooms that uh, the Brekia dwarves have been using as cells. If this were like a movie uh, or a TV show, the uh, the colors are sort of washed out to indicate that uh, this is something that happened in the past. And we see seven marled dwarves, four scouts we haven't seen, three scouts we haven't seen before, one Rawlin, one Ty. Hold on, that's six. Oh, well, I can't count. Apparently, it's it's um it's a fact. Three, sir. <laughs> so we have Slate, we have Ty, we have Rollin, and we have three other um scout dwarves, all of which have no shoes, and they're being put uh they're being manacled, or rather, they're already manacled. But you know, I think Slate is being attached to the rest by um the sort of gruff, uh, bald, fork bearded um dwarf sergeant. Uh, there are a bunch of Brickia axe bearers around. Uh, and in the sort of background through portals, we can see uh, larger areas where there's a sort of hustle and bustle happening, like uh, people getting ready for something, military people getting ready for something. Slate, the scout dwarves, the moral dwarves, have all been worked over in some form or other. Like, Ty looks like he's been beaten up. Rawlin looks like he, he doesn't want to stand on either foot for too long, like his feet are kind of bloody. And the others look a bit, they have this haggard, haven't quite slept well enough and haven't had a beer in forever or a few days. So they have this sort of dry mouthed, clear eyed, dwarven, desperate look on them. Beside the usual desperate. dirtiness. Yes, yes. Any time sober. Anytime any dwarf passes, you know, in, in the adjoining halls with like a keg or carrying a tanker, they're like, Oh, oh. you can see you can see the sort of gleam in their eye of, Oh, if I could only have a beer. Thawd, you know, manacles you into the rest, links you to the rest. This 
vaguely more pompous looking dwarf like a, a dwarf woman in in a vaguely more elaborate armor than than thoughts uh shows up and she looks you over uh and she looks to thod and and uh, you know thod uh does a sort of salute a dwarf salute uh whatever that looks like he says prisoners ready for transport um captain and she nods and she looks you over a bit critically and then she says very good sergeant you will take these prisoners to the forward camp she turns to um to slate almost like out of a happenstance and she says i hope for your sake that your prince is reasonable and then she looks back to thought and she says if not you know what to do how about you give me a perception test there uh, slate uh why why? why are you making me roll dice? Because you know the dice hate me. That's why you're doing it. <laughs> you, your perception is B6. Uh, the obstacle is 2. And if you succeed, you're going to get some information you wouldn't otherwise have had. If you fail, you're... Bad if you want. I, I, of course. <laughs> it's shish. I'm, I'm thinking of whether or not I want to fork anything in. Um, it, it's a stat test. You can't fork Wow, that's three, four successes. One, two, three, yeah, four. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, you notice when the captain says, and if not, you know what to do to Thod, you notice that he, there's a tenseness to like his posture and, and there's like a twitch in his face. Like he nods as if, uh, and he says, yes, captain, but you can tell that he is ill at ease by what she just said. Hmm. Uh, and then he turns to the rest of you and, and, um, you heard the lady. We're going to the forward camp. It's that door there. You go first. The expert is after. Go on. And uh, the captain, you know, turns around and walks back out to whatever preparations are being made. Did you guys do anything? Ty looks a bit like, you know, this is the worst day of his life. Like he's cursing his ancestors for, for allowing him to go with Slate. Oh, God. And getting stuck here and getting beaten. I could have been home back in the <laughs> camp in my bed. <laughs> no, I had to go out with you. I could have been in Scoria drinking beer, yes. <laughs> but outwardly, you know, he looks like uh, a beat up young dwarf who's trying not to cry. Roland, on the other hand, he has this sort of grin of pain on his face perpetually and sort of he's shifting from foot to foot. And the three others are, are, um, Stoically trying to stifle their beer greed. I'm not sure I could do anything for them. I mean, I'm chained behind them, aren't well, I? I'm ju- oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I'm just curious if you wanted to like strike up a conversation or something. Uh, who's in front of me directly? Uh, Ty. All right. Well, I'm gonna reach out and put my hand on his shoulder and try and I guess soothe- soothing platitude him. <laughs> Is there an intent here? Um... Uh, just to calm him down. Like may, bolster may, his courage. There, there, we may only maybe be executed. <laughs> More like there, there, trust in Fandral sort of thing. But, ah, um, I see. Okay. Is there a bigger intent to, like, prepare him for something in particular? Yeah, actually, I'm probably trying to calm him down enough so that he can run if given the opportunity. All right, that's a test. So the obstacle is going to be three. What's the test on? The test is soothing platitudes. Duh, I already have one routine test and two challenging tests on that. In that case, uh, you should totally go for a routine uh, and like see if you can fork something in. Of course, persuade. Yeah, I'm so totally going to fork in extortion. No. Make him even more miserable. 
Drug suggested course persuasion, which couldn't apply. Yeah. Right now, it's a difficult test. If you get one more die, it's a routine. You'll have to fork in another skill. Or tell me why you would have an advantage in this situation. Well, mostly because I'm recognizable. He knows me. Mm, well, no. <laughs> okay. You have a trait of I a know-it-all. Maybe you can... that's like you know I know how these axes work if they mean to kill us it will be swift you don't have to worry (laughs) yeah that's not quite what I'm going for there (laughs) well you also you also could go with for the sixth sense that you know I I sense that's you know it's all going to work out in in the future work out for the best for us speaking of he hasn't been using that sixth sense you probably had that tinge before they threw you in the in the cell uh, but then there were too many of them. Your sixth sense is about as useful as our scouts. <laughs> Spiel-wise, but I doubt I'm being allowed to talk that long. Maybe a stretch, but okay. Let, let's let's give you spiel-wise. Mm, you know how to sell something. So that means it's a routine test. Uh, Five dice versus three. Uh, if you succeed, you're gonna you're gonna get Ty on board with you. If you fail, uh, your Chatter is going to be noticed by the other dwarves, the the brickyard dwarves, and hush. Yeah, uh, <laughs> chances for 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 planning something are going to be slimmer. Okay. Going to draw unwanted attention to yourself. Hey. Oh, cool. So you lean in and you you say what to Ty? Point out that if they were going to kill us, they would have already done so, and that he should uh, calm down so he has a level head to take any opportunities that present themselves. All right. And since he succeeded, he um, sucks in the snot a bit and, and, and like, wipes his one bleary eye and, and um, straightens his frame a bit and, and nods. But uh, he doesn't get much of a chance to reply because then the, the rest of the dwarves are driving you into, into motion and you have to walk across the rough stone with your bare feet, rolling, grimacing all the while. And, move uh, on, move on! Yes. Yes, it's that scene from from the beginning of Army of Darkness, right? With Thod um, slapping everyone. Yeah, we and we see the dwarves being, you know, led down this corridor, and the the store place is is uh, left darkened as the their uh, lanterns and torches move into the the tunnel and vanish. And I think that's it for slate for today. Exciting, right? <laughs> what will happen next season? Dun, dun, dun. Will you get will you get the best of uh, the Bricky Dwarves or not? So let's hop back to Scoria. Let's see why there was a big huge fireball in the middle of um the hold. So you're in a, a deity's avatar. It's not something you do lightly. <laughs> <laughs> we, we return to the hold, we return to the scene where Lord Ram's body is uh, has been put on the pyre. We see the just this sea of faces and 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 people, uh, these serpent worshipping humans, crowding in the main thoroughfare, looking over each other to the pyre. And there's a there's a platform before the pyre where Lady Valari is positioned with a few of her servants. She has the servant bearing the axe of her station, that that um, sort of gold filigreed dragon pictured axe. Uh, she doesn't touch it, of course, because she's a woman in this culture. But she does sort of extend her hand toward it as if to sort of, you know, sort of like uh, a bishop or an, or like a church official would ha- hold their hand over, you know, the head of, of someone taking, um, what do you call it? Like, um, communion, communion, right? Without actually touching them, but actually like I'm conferring something or I'm, I'm withdrawing something, right? From, from this object. 
And then she raises her other hand in a gesture of, of, of solicitation. The faces are already turned toward her, but yeah, official stuff. And she begins speaking in whatever their native tongue is. And at first we don't get any subtitles. We just get the, the general cadence of the, the language. And the reason for this is, uh, she's not speaking the colloquial language. She's speaking a sort of, um, highly ritualized older version, sort of like church Latin. And uh, once she's said her first sort of ritualistic opening, she switches to the colloquial um, stuff. Uh, and she says, by the power invested of me in me by um, the late Lord Rom, this funeral is commenced. We have come to honor our former prophet in the ways which pleases the serpent. As his successor, I declare the proceedings, you know, um, Oh, let's, let's get it on, right? <laughs> Basically, that's what you're ready said. to rumble. Yes. <laughs> we lay him to rest. Well, we we give him to the pyre. Um, we give his spirit to the to the great serpent. Uh, the the language he uses is more poetic than that, but yeah. you get the you get the idea. And as she does this, uh, there is a a murmur among the gathering, and out of of like the midst of. Um, the people, the veterans you uh, fought beside uh, in the like spider breweries, uh, they're sort of shouldering to the fore. And in their midst is Tarsimon, the, their leader, right? And he looks like he looks pale. His eye sockets are all dark. He, he looks like he's in a bad, sh- in, in bad shape. His eye, his uh, lips are chapped. He has this halting gait uh, where the, the leg where he was bitten is sort of dragging a little, and the wound, which is uh, sort of on the thigh, uh, uh, slightly above the, the kneecap, where his sort of trousers are, are ripped, we, we can see that actually they're cut off. So the wound is fully visible, and it's like this horrible pus-filled, uh, pus-weeping, like, uh, double gout. Good thing I had breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and he raises his voice and says, You are not Rom's successor. He says, you are an opportunist seeking beyond her station. And uh, there's a sort of murmur throughout the crowd. Villari assumes a sort of patient look, as if humoring him. She doesn't say anything. It's like she feels she doesn't have to, because she has all the servants and all the people and the axe right right there. She has all the the, the accoutrements of, of, you know, the station. And he says, this is not the way of the serpent. When we followed the signs of the serpent, first Rom, and then the dwarves with their effigy, and went into the deeps of the earth, and the great spider bit me, I had a vision, and this vision is not what is happening here. And and when he says that, he has this sort of, there's a slow building uh, of this sort of ragged doubled breath, double breath in his voice. And as he's speaking, Valoria sort of pointing, she's sort of uh, nodding to one of her servants, and the servant sort of scurries down the platform and, and touches the shoulder of one of the retainers, who's sort of standing there as her guard, and uh, whispers something to the retainer, and the retainer nods though he looks sort of like i don't want to do this but this is my job but he unsheathes his sort of sword and begins to walk toward tarsamon and uh, Villari says tarsamon once honored you profane this right with your words and your deeds and your 
penance has been determined. And, you know, Tarsimon glances over to the, the approaching retainer and the, the warriors around, uh, around him sort of, they back away a little. They're not backing him up. They're just sort of expecting him to take care of this himself. And he, he gets this sort of sickly yellowish grin on his face, taking one halting step toward the retainer and then looking up at Villari. He says, this flame cannot be snuffed. And when he says it, there's a building of sort of light, almost like there's an inner fire in his throat. So that we can see his sort of, uh, the inside of his throat illuminating in, in an eerie fashion. As that happens, uh, his eyes also begin to sort of illuminate from within. Uh, and he says, I am become flame. And when he says that, the, the, the sort of twosome quality in his voice uh, blooms and blossoms and becomes fire. And the retainer is taken aback, like he was d- right there ready to chop him down. But then he hesitates and takes a step back and gasps. And the, the, the entire inner ring, uh, the nearest ring of people uh, sort of go all, all like, whoa. Villaria is also slightly taken aback. But this, this is not, this is not how it was supposed to be. She looks over to the servant with the axe. And there's, a, there's this moment of hesitation but then she reaches out for it and grabs it. Once in her hand, there's a second sort of gasp throughout the gathering as if, oh shit, you know, we have twist on blasphemy, on, you know, breaking taboos, everything. And she raises it and says, I am the one holding the token. Torsamon speaks with that sort of double voice and just says, this is not the serpent's design. I am his chosen. And now he calls all his chosen. And when he says that, people all around him begin to jerk and spasm and uh, and shake in place. And they begin to sort of cough or breathe heavily. And as they do, you see this sort of light building in their throats and in their eyes. And they begin to first moan. And this whole thing starts, it's like a wave out from from the middle where he's standing and the pirates out across the entire sea of people. And the moaning turns from moaning to a sort of low roar to a a screaming as fire begins to erupt from people's throats and nostrils and eyes from Tarsimon's nose, (laughs) you know, orifices. Uh, And half of of Villari's servants are also taken by this, whatever it is. The fire jetting out of them begins to sort of coalesce and and spin around. And it's as if it's drawn toward the pyre around Rom. There's just a sense of, Everyone here being consumed for something else around the pyre and from the pyre. There's just, just this great big lick of fire, right? Lick, great big plume of fire. And in the midst of it, we see almost like, uh, you know, a swan, uh, hiding its head behind wings, sort of this, this great dr- draconian shape begins to unfurl. It's made out of the flame. And this great draconian head aspires and opens its mouth and there's just this uh, great dragon roar and just fire starts to erupt from, from the midst of the, the gullet. And that's when we cut back to the throne room and we're in the middle of the, the sort of compromise negotiation uh, when we get that moment where, where the dwarves hear something like a, a, a break, great big explosion or a roar or something from outside. And everyone's like, what, what, what was that? And you're all rushing down to the doors and you, you know, open the doors. And what you see is 
an awful lot of prostrate bodies in the street. It's like almost like a carpet of human bodies that uh, are all almost charred and dancing over it in a great big like flame shape is this fiery dragon. It sees you and there's a flaring of evil scarlet in its eyes and, and it releases this great big ball of flame that comes rolling for you up the steps this just hot blast of wind comes before it and that's what like blasts uh some of the dwarves on their asses and and you know cloaks are rippling beards are flowing axes are clattering to the floor what do you guys do well i step in front of andrel <laughs> <laughs> so you're his uh, axe protector now <laughs> The rest are running for it. He's not alone. Oh, so you are both like stepping in front of him. Okay. Yeah. Axe in one hand, shield in the other. Uh, there's a great big ball of fire coming for you. It's large as it, it's like the size of a dwarven hall. It's going to engulf uh, the entire gate, right? And it's going to lick in, and it's probably going to bathe all of you unless you do something. Shove Fanville back to the door. Well, and... you're not outside the door. You, you've, you've pulled the doors open, oh, right? Shut the door. Yeah, but that might be wiser. <laughs> yeah, run and grab the door, other door, so I guess we're grabbing either door and shoving him close. I'm, I'm going to be Quickness? absolutely terrible and horrible to you, and I'm going mm-hmm. to have you test steel with an extra obstacle. Ooh. One point of extra obstacle over your normal hesitation. Hesitation's five, so it'll be a six. I gotta be a six with with a seven. Okay. Oh, I, I got an eight persona. Let's spend three of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry about the lengthy exposition here, but you know. Oh, no, 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 good stuff. Right. Well, you know what? Catching on fire and dying. Oh dear God! <laughs> <laughs> it's open ended by default. So what you could do is spend one fate and reroll one traitor. That at least gives you a shot at having, at, at hesitating for one less action. Yeah, I'll spend another, I'll spend a fate. So Oofkel feels like a spider? Did I miss something? What, what, what do you mean? <laughs> well, he, he used fire on them and now fire's being used ah, on Ah, I see, I see. So this is, this is Flint's personal little like satisfaction <laughs> of, ah, 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 getting what you. <laughs> So I got two successes against against six. So I'll be I'm going to be standing drilling in place for four turns. Well, you see we're, we're going to burn get- three persona as well. Odds <laughs> of success here are dire. So for uh, Ulfkel, your choices, of course, are uh, you can stand, stand and drill. Are you I'll sure you want stand. to do that? You can also fall prone and beg for mercy. You can nah. run screaming. Or you can swoon. Now I'll stand and drool, just going more like, what the? This may not be uh, your most uh, efficacious choice, <laughs> but I will not uh, stop you from being burned to a crisp, if that is your choice. Uh, Fortunately, I've been playing him such that he doesn't run. So, yeah, he's just sort of standing there stupidly this, going, this, though, is fire? This, though, is slightly different. This is the first. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's the second great big fire. <laughs> true. Okay, fair enough. No, now I think back on. It. I never ran. I never ran from that one either. That's true. <laughs> true. Only when you realize that the apprentices were actually under harm. So you need to write a belief about uh, what we're doing here. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not going to award you uh, anything at the end of uh, this sort of um, hangnail see, session. Hope- I just get my fingers crossed that Fandral will make his steel test and then he'll use command to tell us the yells to do something and then we'll break the spell and get and get moving. Weirdness of weird. 
<laughs> seven successes. Maybe it's because I've uh, been shell shocked by fire before. <laughs> True, I've been on I've been on the giving end, not the receiving end. Throw a persona in here, then I guess three, and I've got one, one six. six. The obstacle for Fandral right now is five, right? Yeah. So Flint, you get to try out your command skill. Interesting. <laughs> So Flint is not actually hesitating. I'll spend a fate too to reroll a traitor, but no. Are you? Uh, is is the prince also standing and rolling? He'll uh, yell, "Look out!" and run. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, at least the prince has some sense. Well, I was gonna say diving for cover was the. Sure, that that works. That works. That totally counts as um, running and screaming. Whatever his idiom, he must vocalize his dismay, which is exactly what you're doing. So um, this is great. Caution and wisdom are left behind. I think the only thing you hear from, from Oof Kelly is, oh, bugger. <laughs> I think Gurm is also just standing there completely agog. Fena is throwing herself away, sort of rushing up the steps. Most of the other dwarves in here are either running or just paralyzed. But everyone except Flint is hesitating for at least two actions. Unless, of course, Flint uses his command and moves me and gets me. Yeah, this is this is the thing. Flint, you know, you realize that, okay, this fireball is coming. No one is doing anything to stop it. Well, I'm going to shout out a command to the doors. (laughs) I love how in this in this utter like moment of of desperation, it's Flint who gets everyone going. (laughs) So you have a, a B3 command. Yep. Do you have conspicuous? Yes, you do. You can fork that if you want. And sure, and oddly likable. Hey, hey, l- listen, listen to the uh, the dwarf that's going to save your bacon. I, I don't know if that applies to this particular situation. <laughs> I might be persuaded to let you fork intimidation. Ah, just because yes, of the, yes. the extreme danger of the situation. Well, in that case, we'll change it from to the doors to get your ass to the doors. <laughs> <laughs> hey, then you can add, you can bring in aggressive. Oh, nice! Uh, that's 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 definitely a good uh, like uh, positioning there. Um, that's another die. So uh, six dice uh, before you spend any persona. Well, I, I actually have to be able to left. close the door. Yeah, I think I need to save some persona to actually get the doors shut. Maybe sort of uh, decisions. Maybe maybe you can do an uh, uh, like beginner's luck dwarven doors wise and and say there's a like quick close hat uh, latch somewhere <laughs> right so you can just pull and like catches I know better than that <laughs> that actually would be hold wise and he would know about the, the special you know emergency closer on the door either way it's, it, it's called a retinue of faithful dwarves to shut the door for you it's no push button action <laughs> spring loaded dwarven door <laughs> the emergency actually be- the emergency lever <laughs> We said earlier there there was some sort of lever. Oh yeah, uh, but th- there was a locking mechanism lever, right? Um, yeah. We know that. But that works when the doors are closed mm-hmm. uh, to bar them. But that's that's uh, the next consideration. First consideration is seeing how you do on your command test. Okay, three successes. That means Fandor is not hesitating. Fana's not hesitating. Gurm is not hesitating. Ufkel is hesitating for one action. I'll, I'll say. One other axe bearer, Brekia axe bearer, is not hesitating. All the rest are still in the grips of, of terror. Hopefully not hesitating means closing the doors. Oh, the doors, <laughs> yes, the doors. 
All right, so uh, this is going to be a slim one, very slim. I'm going to say it's an obstacle eight to close the door in time to have no fire, le- you know, spring into the room. Now I'm going to give you. Would that be a power? So you're going to p- pick one person. Yes, it's a power test. Pick the strongest one. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it seems that Flint is the one who's actually in act in action. So let's yeah. have Flint do the test. Uh, everyone else gets to record a challenging power test. Anyone who, who else who wants to help. If you have a power of five or more, you help with two dice. Yay! Uh, you're going to get two helping dice from Fena and one helping die from um, from Gurm. Where's Roar? He's big and strong. Uh, Roar is hesitating. <laughs> yeah. He's like Ofkel. He's just standing there like, this isn't happening. All right. You get two dice from Fandral. Okay, so that brings us to seven, eight, nine. You get a one, another one from the, the lone axe bearer, so uh, ten. So that's ten right there. And, hey, guess what? We're going to burn the, our last two persona. So that gets us to uh, twelve. That's terrible, but not very terrible. <laughs> if you succeed, you're going to close the doors just in time. There may be like a, a small tongue of fire, you know, just jetting. By, but you get it closed and the latches down before the actual fire blasts the doors. If okay. you don't succeed, uh, fire's gonna spill in and do some damage. Uh, well, let, let's see where we stand. We yeah. just can't stare at this dice for long. Really? <laughs> You've got to be shitting. Ouch. Wow. That, that is just, I, I went from, you're awesome, but you get to watch yourself die. <laughs> you get to go back into the infirmary again. <laughs> oh, actually, remember, you're down a die from your wound. Uh, uh, so Actually, I made the steel test by one over, so I'm, I'm still good there. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. You, you're taking away my one No, success. no, no, I'm not taking away my success. <laughs> It's neither the first well, nor the last die, so uh, I'm not gonna, you know, mess with that. I can't believe I rolled so eleven dice under my target. Welcome to Fandral's world. Yeah. Okay. So what happens is you get everyone going. You're, you know, moving the doors. You have them almost shut, and you know, you're shouting for the axe bearer to like lower the bar. Bar. Bars. Right. And. Just as he reaches for it, the blast hits the door, the doors, and the doors are just smacked open. And, you know, you get the doors in your faces, you're, you're swept aside, banged into the walls. Uh, better to be crushed than burnt. <laughs> okay. Well, they, they don't actually, they don't go that far. So. <laughs> yeah. And in the middle of uh, Ufkill standing there and the flames coming in and this is when he finally you know this his hands just go up and he hear a girlish scream <laughs> as he cross you know puts his arms in front uh, of him across, you know. I believe it's a Wilhelm <laughs> scream. <laughs> Maybe that's where we go to black screen and we just hear Ulfkill scream. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fandral wanted to have the last word here. Oh, okay. <laughs> See what you wanted to say. Humans. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so um, how much damage do I take? Next session. Season. Season. <laughs> so next, it's a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> Although we're not doing the full, uh, like Arta award thing, I'd like to give you all an embodiment die anyway. Uh, embodiment persona. Much for, for putting up with me, essentially. Wrapping <laughs> this up. 
Well earned. Well earned. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now we can take, we can breathe out a little and, and all that. And I'm going to look at the wound stuff again so we can fix Flint's wound once and for all. So it's, (laughs) it's the appropriate version of it. Now you were talking about something like a balance issue, right? Since your ear was damaged. That's one possibility, yeah. If I, if I remember correct. The rest of you, please, you know, feel free to chime in with suggestions. We can make him a tin ear. That might be a character trait that you could, uh, you know, afford him later, but I don't envision his ear being that savage. Maybe just the top or bottom was chopped off. Okay, so my suggestions here. Book says the character earns a trait like blind, lame, missing limb, palsied, or any other penalty-inducing trait the GM deems ap- appropriate. Now... If you wanted to reflect a, a sort of loss of balance, slight loss of balance, you could take your uh, mandatory minus one permanent da- die away from speed instead of like fort. That, that could reflect that pretty well. That actually works. And for the trait, my suggestions here for some some sort of palsy it would be of the, like face or eye. It might be like uh, slight paralysis and twitching. So it might be difficult for you to like express yourself. That's not su- super fun though for Flint as a character. So I'm not sure I'd go for that. Or some kind of partial deafness. Uh, I could see partial deafness because yeah. if, if the whole thing scarred over and that's why his balance and hearing would be uh, impacted. Mm-hmm. You know, the ear is there, but the damage is done on the end side. Yeah, yeah. This means that your speed is now capped at five instead of six because you are a dwarf. <laughs> Still, you know, you have a ways to go. But hey, now it's easier to advance it to four again. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's just say um, that it's a, a partial deafness. You get an extra obstacle. It's going to be a die trait. And we're, we're going to call it partial deafness or, or like, yeah, sure. let's call it that. This means that he gets obstacle penalties to hearing-based perception tests. Yeah. This will serve me well, my old age. <laughs> I'm happily married. Why? Oh, I'm deaf. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great, because Flynn, I think, is the only scout who's ever actually detected a danger before it happened without getting captured by the danger. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have that anymore now, can we? I'm looking at the uh, damage types for uh, for worms, dragon's breath. Oh, this is going to be bad. This is a slightly different dragon if you're looking at, like, stats. Yeah. This, this is just the embodiment no, of flame, that's all. <laughs> I, I, I just want to get I just want to get a feel of what the damage range was. Sure, it's going to hurt. Yeah. It's going to hurt a lot. Yeah. yeah. Part of the description makes me uh, w- w- want to go back. Did all these humans get charred to little briquettes? They were consumed from within by the fire of their fate, essentially. Okay. Except, except for so the lady, though, right? You could, you could see them as being uh, charred from the inside out. Anything substantial in them would have been consumed for the purpose of uh, reconstituting the dragon of legend. But the way you described it, it's like everyone but the lady did that. Uh, right, right. Not everyone. Okay, there were like half of her servants. Uh, the lady herself did not because they didn't have faith. Hmm. See, they are opportunists. Ah, faith fuels the flame. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, how many dwarves burst in the flame? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see next season. <laughs> no, no, I meant do the face. <laughs> oh, uh, well, you you are slightly different. Like like we covered previously, the dwarven sort of uh, divinity is in the stuff Fear. you make. For for you, one of Ulfkel's nogs is God. It, it's it's how you <laughs> approach. Like a perfect hall is God, right? A perfect <laughs> brew is God. That's how you work. Well, or that's how the deity works through us. 
exactly. Yes, yes. It, it, yes, the de- this, the, the deity of Nog will pass through you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to switch documents so we can do uh, launch into the trade vote, which is probably going to take a little while since we have like 20 odd sessions to consider. A few sessions from before we met Slate and then uh, all of Slate's um, subsequent sessions. So can you have a trait like doomed to fail? (laughs) (laughs) How would that be useful? (laughs) Um, Well, if that is your conviction, your personal conviction, that can, that you can play that up as a character trait. If it's a die trait, maybe it, maybe it's the, the reverse of resigned to death where you're like, Oh, I'm doomed to fail. I'm uh, yeah. Or like (laughs) steel obstacles when you rightly assume you're going to die or doubled or something. So, okay, take, let, let's go in the way back machine to like a year ago. <laughs> a year and change ago. When we said this was going to be a small story arc. <laughs> yeah! Yeah, right. If we go way back when, I think we haven't had a trade vote since before you investigated Bardi's tomb. <laughs> yeah. A while ago. And the point here is that uh, since this, this has been a, an exceedingly long time between votes, I'm gonna I'm totally fine with awarding you more than one or two traits if that's appropriate. So uh, I think it's easiest if we pick like a character. Let's start with Ulfkel since he's on the top of my list. So let's consider what he's been doing for the last 20 odd sessions. You've been really pushing like, or at least in the first half of this um, period, you really pushed doing your own thing. You didn't necessarily yeah. listen to any of your, your superiors. <laughs> you didn't heed advice a lot. No, no I, I, I'm, I, I'm pretty much given that there's been two story threads. Ulfkel <laughs> 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 is breweries and everyone else. <laughs> I'd like to think they're interconnected, but fair enough. Now, yeah, it's always been my personal opinion that Ulfkel has viewed himself as a, as a co-equal with the with, with Fandral, even though technically he's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he realizes the worth of having beer. Also, you seem to be uh, companions or at least, you know, acquaintances. <laughs> Generally mm-hmm. speaking, you, the reason I think you've been doing this is you've been going after what Old Kill is obsessed about or interested in, which often has mm-hmm. been beer or yep. supplying beer. But they already have the trait obsessed. You do have obsessed. <laughs> Actually, we should look at your trait list real quick. Uh, I've only got to use Amdudextrous once. I don't see that as a trait that you necessarily need to vote off or, or like keep. Either, you know, either or. Bearded may be up for grabs right now. We'll see. We'll see you next time. <laughs> definitely, definitely I've been doing him as impulsive and obsessed. So impulsive and obsessed is usually a, a wonderful trait to have together. Okay, you have an ambidextrous, bearded as a character trait, impulsiveness, obsessed, salt of the earth, taster. And I've been doing all of them except for ambidextrous. Yeah. Meticulous, <laughs> nogger. Haven't done much of that. Ah, that's a call on. T- okay, so maybe you could have actually I, used that, or is that tied to a particular skill? Nogger. Nogger I haven't okay. made a nog. Right. I haven't nogged anything. Oh, we're yet. gonna have to change that now that you that you maybe maybe have parts of Scoria still. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how you handle it. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll next season we'll definitely have to like get some brewing. Happening. And then uh, my diet traits are custom to the dark, greed, shaped from earth and stone, stout and tough, but those are yeah, standard diet traits. Well, I don't see anything that I necessarily immediately 
feel like you haven't played or doesn't need to be there. But he, like I said, he's had at least one epiphany along the way of, yeah. you know, not doing it the old way, which is, you know, beat the, beat the apprentices and yell and scream at them, but instead work with them as though they're, because they're all going to be equals at one time someday. So. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what is salt of the earth supposed to? He's simple, average, everyday, not noble dwarf. Like he, he's the typical I'm, blue I'm collar. The <laughs> I'm the I'm, I'm Joe Dwarf. I think the description it's a character trait. The, the, the description is something like you know the noblest dwarf, the simplest dwarf is the noblest, or something like that. Well, that doesn't seem to describe the skill. <laughs> maybe he is more quirky than salt of the earth. That, that is maybe um, something to consider. Though he has proven lately as to be a bit of a MacGyver. Is there like a technical or tinkerer type trait? That could be interesting. You have resolved some beliefs by using that and spending Arta. Certainly you spent Arta, if I recall, on making the um, fiery bane of the spider, Mm -hmm. something like that. Would tinkerer be a a traitor? Tinkerer or... or, um mad inventor <laughs> certainly this it certainly sounds like a character trait that we could uh, conceivably award him for stuff he's done he's also been a bit fearless too when it comes in the battle I mean he will stand his ground whether it's a good thing or not mm-hmm. that's also true did also you, whether he's qualified or not <laughs> spent, did you spend any persona when you did uh, MacGyver wise do you remember oh yeah oh yes all those learning skills I've, I've spent persona on we're in here as well Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I wouldn't have succeeded or failed as spectacularly as I did if I hadn't spent Persona. Um, well, okay. That, that's definitely, uh, like, it's a good suggestion. Whether it should be, like, a character trait or a call-on trait or, or something like that, mm. I think we'll leave a little open for now. Tinkerer and or maybe, I don't know, I don't want to say brave, uh, or I was thinking steadfast or... Stubborn? <laughs> Well, there's that too. Ill advised. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did change. So, uh, and you did yeah. write a belief about changing your ways. So, I, d- I don't think that is is necessarily appropriate. Yeah. But uh, as you say, yeah. something to the tune of you know suicidal bravery or or um, <laughs> some such could be appropriate. I'm I'm gonna write that that down for now. Just yeah. that that is possibly a character trait. Mm-hmm. And I think Tinker might be a character or call on. There's a brief brush with the the whole ghost paranoia. Oh, yeah. Which would maybe offset suicidal bravery, but but I'm not sure. (laughs) No, no. He's superstitious. Hmm. Whenever we've encountered anything old, he's usually been, oh, no, that's going to be haunted and possessed and evil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, be superstitious. (laughs) I I would maybe say paranoid about ghosts or fear of spirits, but maybe that's too specific. Superstitious is nice in general. Yeah. Because it covers a whole sort of things. I mean, if you think about it, if you watch him every when he does something, he does things in a certain way when he brews. Because... If you do it this way, it always comes up with good beer. It doesn't matter if it actually does anything. And remember, if you have if you have a superstitious trait, you are the most superstitious family uh, family person <laughs> in the group. I, I like, am there might already. Be other people who are superstitious, <laughs> but you are the one who's constantly drawing like protection symbols and like you know spitting over your shoulder and like uh, doing that kind of stuff. Um, and considering what's happened to him, yes. Maybe that is appropriate. I'll, I'll write that down as a possible character trait. Let's see. You've also been pretty covetous in the sense that you 
went to some great lengths to get Bear's recipe, for instance. Oh, yeah. That's his greed. As you say, that may just be greed. It was only really one time when you wrote a belief about getting... No, yeah. Right? In the sense of, like, stealing someone else's stuff. (laughs) How about something to do with new methods of teaching and leading? Trying to break the old old way of... Oh, doing apprentices because that's definitely a belief and and i'm pretty sure you spent arta on like getting people to see or like convincing people that you had a you know changed your way so you, you were going to make things different this time uh and yep. you brought in um Aethelbald and rory and and uh, bear, bear into this oh, sort of well i made i, I basically as, as being the head of the scurry of the scurry deep brewers guild made them brewers and then i mm. uh, then offered them nogger apprentices uh, <laughs> yeah i'm def- he's definitely trying to change his ways which means which means he'll occasionally fall fall from grace uh, you should it, this should definitely be a trait like because this mm-hmm. this will be in opposition yeah. to your oath to um old dog new tricks or whatever his name is as a possibility or maybe new a better way or brave new dwarf or something <laughs> uh we can work on the name but definitely something that ties into his new new philosophy <laughs> i don't see that as being like a die trait or a call on trait it seems like a character trait does anyone else have any thoughts about Ulkel's playing play style what's been going on how he's conducted himself that, that you think should maybe uh, result in a trait? I'm not sure how beer Scientology would factor in. <laughs> if you don't have the ingredients you need, you'll kit bash your beer into a new recipe. Oh, uh, improv- improvisational brewing. <laughs> Something like that. Fall on the tinker, generally speaking. Yeah. Um, okay. Annoyingly persistent, because if he wants something for his beer or whatever, he just, he just doesn't let it go. No, that's obsessed. But should we change obsessed? Maybe he's not obsessed. Maybe he's more driven or bullheaded or something. Or is obsessed the more value valid um, term? So I think you got that for your the way you obsessed about the nog in in Marl that you that you got. Yeah, and you've been continuing that tradition. I'd say this is cool. This is cool. I'm I'm considering what kind of um, traits these things might be. Most of them are character traits at present, which is okay. Next dwarf to be shaved is Flint. Okay, one thing that definitely sprang to mind uh, last week, thinking back on like all of our sessions, is pretty uniformly, Flint has been defying orders, not for the sake of being defiant, but he tends to have a noble intention or best intention dealing with the humans in the Golden Hall, like dealing with the ghost of the Ethark, like uh, warning the spiders, hoping there will be peace, that kind of stuff, right? Uh, and I think that, mm-hmm. m- that might be an interesting character trait to have that you could play off of, that you would be rewarded for if you go, if, if you have like a noble intention in mind and you go with it rather than maybe something w- wiser or something or an order. That could be interesting. So noble or slash best intentions. That's a suggestion for me. If your perceptions are different, by all means, let me know. Uh, uh, other stuff from my end, uh, maybe something to do with the, you know, being haunted or, or, uh, crazy. Haunted by spirits or, um, oh, go ahead. No, oh, I'm just saying he's crazy. Crazy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'd go that far. That may be. That may be a reputation that he should be earning, right? A little crazy or ill-starred. <laughs> As in, you know, stuff happens around him. Not necessarily good stuff. Haunted. 
Yeah, haunted is is a like a possibility. I think haunted is the easiest, but it's also the most generic. So I'm I'm pondering, but we, we can leave it like that for now, and then like refine it, and that would be like a character trait. Uh, and if we go with like noble arrest intentions, uh, that would also be a character trait. He's been finding out a lot more about his history. Has has the thought ever entered into Flint's head that maybe the wrong person sitting on the throne? I don't think so. I'm asking Flint if he Yeah, at least not the way Flint has been played, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, but yeah. but let's hear it. Yeah. John as a player has been putting that in at every opportunity, but Flint has not. <laughs> I think I, I think I'm to blame to be the initial instigator of that, but uh, sure. <laughs> but I, do, I don't know if that's relevant to new traits, though. Just John. No, no, that that's the future trait where uh, I abandon the dwarves, align with the elves, align with the spiders, and then trade a bloodbath in Scoria. In that case, you should definitely have noble intentions or best intentions as a character trait, so we can evolve it later to elf friend or something like that. Dwarven traitor. <laughs> I should write down definitely like maybe give um, Flint a reputation for craziness or a bit weird or something like that weirdo <laughs> from from his actions with the um, yeah. in recent times let's see um, you've left to the prince's side a few times but it's often been in in the course of of your noble intentions right <laughs> Because you've you've stepped away oh. from him just as often, or you you've challenged him just as often, like uh, about the, uh, well, the tomb, about the humans, about the crown, etc. We should look at your existing traits and see if there's anything there that could be evolved or changed or stuff. No, so I think you've been playing you've been playing dutiful in your own way, right? <laughs> the, the prince does not need a yes man; he needs a thinker. Well, actually, dutiful could be the one that's turning into the, that noble trait you were talking about. I think it might be fun to have them both, though, because one Ooh, might yes. point him in one direction and the other in another. Try to be a, a dwarven lawyer and find the, I'm obeying the letter of the order, but no. <laughs> <laughs> no I, think, I think that's maybe it, actually. You are consistent. I'd, I'd say that, definitely. <laughs> Yay! So I'm going to put down haunted and tries don't, to do don't don't you, don't write anything down yet. We're we're going to vote okay. on this down. Oh. Like you're probably going to get both because you are so few. But uh, people need to be in agreement. Included. <laughs> <laughs> Considering that we considered a, a change or addition in reputation for Flint, is there any any reputation or uh, increase or decrease or new reputation that anyone can think of for uh, Ulfkel? the way he's been acting, the way the rest of the expedition might see him. I'm saying I'm reinforcing Spider-Breaker Maul. Um, yeah, that, that is definitely something, like an up, maybe an up there, maybe. What, what, what's the, the level of that? Uh, or it's only one die uh, right now. Well, okay, then definitely, we should definitely up that to two. You'd be more famous for actually, this. Yeah, actually, would that, also, would that also change from Spider-Breaker Maul to the Spider-Breaker? Uh, you're from Marl, so I think that's it's still appropriate. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or if you go with two dice, maybe it, it changes to Spider Bane. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Spider Breakers rolls off the tongue. Spider Bane is, is the name of the, of the brewery. Ulfkel has been kind of crying wolf an awful lot, hasn't he? I mean, not in the sense that there aren't wolves, but, you know, he's been, you know, running into the camp, shouting about ghosts. And I've never been wrong. 
not necessarily been wrong, but but kind of uh, I don't know, doomsayer or something like that. I can live with doom. I can live with doomsayer. Doom. doom. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. Any other possible reputation changes for Flint? You know what happens? Oh, I, we, we should definitely up your looks out for his fellow dwarves. So I think that should that should definitely be oh. to considering oh, yeah. going after scouts, helping bring. Uh, Maybe that is something that we're overlooking that we should give you a trait for. But you went to uh, like Bruna's side when she was hurt. You got Bruna out of a tough situation when when she got hurt. You've been searching for the missing scouts, like, and you argued for finding out what had happened to Barty Bluefell's company. That's what I mean with with like maybe. Looking out for your fellow dwarves should also be a trait that you have. Okay. I mean, it's either it's either a protector or a watchman or oh, you need a cape and you'd be a cape vigilante. <laughs> <laughs> Did I mention that at one point I was running around Scoria deep with a cloak on? <laughs> <laughs> I'll write down protector just as a placeholder. Flint hasn't hesitated to protect other people, and and you've spent I think you spent a deeds actually. When you were faced with the Elven Ethark ghost, right? Mm-hmm. So standing yeah, around in order to like safeguard others is kind of your thing. Actually, mm-hmm. this should maybe be a die trait of some kind, and I think maybe it should be tied to steel. When when you know other dwarves' lives are in danger, you should have like a shield man of the dwarves. <laughs> shield of shield of the dwarves. Because even before we talked about the door. Shoulder to shoulder with Ufkel, I was going to stand in front of the prince and take the brunt. True, 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 true. <laughs> we'll, we'll work out exactly how that die trait works a little later, but that that's good, actually. This, this is great. We have some um, material for you there. And we're moving on to Fandral. Da, 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 da. So there's the handling of the elf. There's butting heads with Roar and other people in the expedition, uh, handling the humans in the Golden Hall. There's uh, being a, an effective battle commander on several occasions. Playing it very cagey in general, with uh, not only with your fellow dwarves, but with um, other people like Villari and Fena and others. Not quite Machiavellian. No, but that's... Yeah. No. <laughs> He's a dwarf, so... Yeah. yeah. You've consistently spent an awful lot of Arta on, like, persuasion. Oftentimes when greed stuff have been in the mix. Oftentimes because that's what the beliefs have been about. Fair enough. But I think that's something that we should definitely, like, give Fandral. Something like, like a greed is good die trait. Ooh, so it's even better than greed. It's greed is good. He's not Gordon Gecko. I don't think he's Gordon <laughs> Gecko, but, but when it comes to pres- to preserving your wealth and power, you you haven't ever swerved. It's always been. No, I don't think so. Maybe me not greed is good. Maybe the divine right. <laughs> the reason I think greed is good is with thinking maybe to let Fandral fork greed into stuff. Ooh. Maybe make that a die trait. That could be very powerful and also very cool because like mm-hmm. he has he has that t- he can tap into it in a way that doesn't necessarily make him. Uh, which is also why I'm considering greed as good, because because if if you were to tap it regularly in the normal way all the time, in all the times that you um, you would be going after something, you would go crazy in two shakes. But I'm thinking maybe maybe like in in any kind of percep- persuasion test when you're going after something to covet or protect something that you have like a, an asset, you should be able to fork greed into it. I, th- I think that's a cool 
Actually, being reflective it's, it's, of of how you've been playing and and where you've spent your yeah. or, um your art time. Yeah. When he's been tapping his grief in his mind, at least he's doing it for the good of the dwarves. Of course, of course, that's in his own mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is why I'm saying I look at one of your traits. It might, I think, we might want to vote one of your traits off the island: humility in the face of your betters. So far, you haven't met your betters. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, a consideration, but we haven't also seen much of uh, Fandral and his father. So uh, I would, yeah, I would true. not, I would not take that away yet. And as you say, yeah. we have yet to see. Fandral wasn't outright dismissive of Fena, so I don't think you played yeah. against it, but I, I don't think we've seen it in action either, necessarily. Uh, well, on that note, would something like Hard Bargainer be a trait? Yeah, of course. I think he's been or fairly... Shrewd, or Shrewd, shrewd Bargainer. Bar- bargainer. That could, that could tie into what I suggested earlier with a, like a cagey character trait. Maybe, maybe some kind of trait like leading by example, because he's often in the forefront, mm-hmm. or at least of late he's been in the forefront, mm-hmm. taking down the goblin sorcerer with the weird bug, uh, taking yeah. down the spider mother, that kind of thing. Well, Lord Rom too. Yeah, that's true. And that's <laughs> I mean, an awful if, lot of art just spent in those occasions too. So maybe that's something. Maybe that's mm-hmm. a consideration for a bigger trait. Well, he's got. Undaunted trait. True. Yeah, true. That's, that's true. Is that something we maybe should evolve then in that case? Maybe as a general hesitation reduction um, trait? Unless we should make it like a call on trait. But I think you've spent s- such big numbers and uh, uh, you spent um, deeds on these things a couple of times. So some kind of die trait is in order, I think. Something that changes him mechanically for the better. These things have been have always been in the like service of a belief or trait. <laughs> well, if it's in the service of a belief, it would be my destiny is the dwarven destiny. Yeah. You know, I think that sounds kind of cool. Yeah, what's good for Fandral is good for all dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> so, how, how would we like? How could we pare that down into a like a, a trait that would um, be juicy that that carries the meaning of what's good for Fandral is good for the dwarves or or like. Destined for greatness or destined for glory? Or? I think what it should be called. I think it should be called King Under the Mountain. <laughs> and it's definitely what it should be called because that's what he thinks. And that's, that's, that implies the rest like, uh, should fall in line, right? It, it's in that greatness. Just... And we haven't had a King Under the Mountain in uh, generations. So, so far I have KG, King Under the Mountain, maybe some kind of dre- greed fork trait. And evolving. evolving undaunted into a die trait of some kind. Any character traits that we haven't seen or would like to see more of or something? Just. Just? He, he, he has done the judgment thing in the past. He will hear sides of an argument, even if he always chooses his own. <laughs> <laughs> Did I hear a bitter note? <laughs> <laughs> um, among other dwarves, they might see him as a very righteous and just uh, dwarf. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe just could be baked in to King Under the Mountain. Yeah. In the, the sense that he King has the authority and he yeah. he tries to uh, adjudicate and he still believes that he is the right person for the job. Yeah. Gold piece stops here. I don't. I don't know if I've seen grumbling being played up, but on the other hand, I've seen Fandal grumble on occasion. 
especially yeah. when the other dwarves don't fall in line and fail or, or return swords to people who were unsworded or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Any reputation changes that we have in mind uh, or increases? 2D is is generally the scope of what you're doing now. 3D would be like, oh, you're known throughout the human lands as well for your stuff. If you were to be, to be able to like um, unite all the dwarf holds under you, that would be like uh, a 3D type reputation. Otherwise, I think was- heroic and hope of moral they're kind of good where they are. Well, um, I'm wondering about the Dwarven Warriors of Scoria Deep. I mean, that is, we didn't that is fight an anyone here. That is an affiliation. Traders yeah, yeah. Guild as well and Rabble Rouser. Yeah, yeah. No, Rabble Rouser is actually a reputation. I don't think that it would be appropriate to increase that. I'm not sure I would lower it because no. it's still it's still maybe what the Longbeards, some of the Longbeards think of him. It's only been like three weeks. But is there anything new that anyone has in mind? I think I think maybe maybe you're good. I think it's a bit early as well to give you a reputation for taking the dragon throne when we have these complications happen. When there's a dragon outside the door. Yeah. (laughs) Here we go. And move on to the final dwarf to be shaved. Slate. Yes. Um, Let's see. Okay. We met Slate the first time after the Golden Hall, I think. And that was the session when we, you know, had Roar do some scheming. Yeah. Um, we had, we had, um, you know, Stonebones being revealed as someone possibly other than Stonebones. I, I think you were definitely there and had a, a foothold in, in Roar's, you know, various schemes. Uh, but there were a few sessions where you weren't here. So we focused on other things like the battle and, um, when, you know, the fire in the brewery happened with the the ghost, but you were always there for, like, the aftermath. You were there for the dragon throne, and, of course, the the great, uh, like, exploration of your, your old family hold. Yeah, I was definitely there for that. Yeah. If I was going to say something, uh, he's been secret- secretive. He, I mean, has. he is hiding a secret. I, he I has have, been hiding I a secret. I have a similar suggestion, uh, and that would be keeper yeah. of secrets. Secretive yeah. could work, too. But I was thinking mainly in, in, in the protection of Stonebone's identity, which you have spent art on. Uh, I also feel like you've been looking in a lot of places for answers to various things. Who's doing what? How, what can I do about this? And what about my family? So maybe I, I was thinking maybe giving you a, an, a character trait like Inquisitive to give you a, a, a chance to earn some art when, when you decide to like go on off on a tangent and try to d- investigate something. Here's a lovely one. Dog lover. That's that's a possibility too, definitely. Or maybe that's a reputation. Oh, I, I think it's a more appropriate reputation for the dwarves, since yeah. dwarves generally don't keep yeah. up. If in the uh, next season we see more dog stuff, definitely dog lover is definitely something to consider. I think uh, one the if mostly humans have been have been charbroiled, just think of all the dogs that are now un, un but no master. <laughs> Ooh, I could be the first dwarven dog master. <laughs> you could be the hound master. <laughs> yeah, I could be the first dwarven hound master. Then Fandral would have to recognize me. <laughs> like, look, look what I got for you. They're all for you. I swear. You invent a new a new uh, position in the the council, the hound master. <laughs> master <laughs> hounds. Yes. <laughs> uh, this is something I am totally gonna do now. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. Now you have a direction. 
Uh, I also I'm also considering something like bedside manner for a for a character trait because and it's both in the sense of being soothing and in the sense of being uh, you know you should sit down and take your medicine because that's uh, you've done that a couple of times and it's yeah. been tied to the beliefs of, of like helping scouts and so forth. So bedside manner, secretive, inquisitive, and maybe a, a dog lover reputation. That's how it looks now. Yeah, I really haven't had much time to do much of anything else. True, true. I'm, I'm thinking you had a, a pretty solid belief about like it's getting still... getting your your uh, heritage back in Scoria. Yeah. Didn't go so terribly well, but at least like no, it's still you, there. <laughs> you for it, and you spent Arta there. So, yeah. like, is there any kind of trait we could we could work out from that? Dedicated. I was thinking something more like air or, or oh. something in that vein, right? Uh, something that is useful in both getting you to like drive the story in a new direction and reflect how you've been playing. You have a legacy somewhere and ah. Oh, a legacy. Ah. That's it. Cuz now legacy. you're also convinced, right, that there's something <laughs> hidden about your good heart family, right? Oh yeah, yeah. The player and the character both are yeah. kind of convinced about that. So legacy You convince you have a legacy. I think that's also far- maybe a better trait option than inquisitive. Yeah. So I'm going to yeah. going to dump that. So, uh, oh, um, any other reputations we should consider for, for Slate? Other than Dog Lover? You have a veteran of the Goblin Wars already, which is at RP7, which means it's a 1D trait uh, reputation. Do we feel like he should get any particular other reputation than Dog Lover? Right? Anything related to being... Should he be known as, like, Stonebone's apprentice or something? We all go to Stone Bones initially, and then Slate does the work. <laughs> <laughs> well, that has kind of turned out to be the case. So something like yeah. a Monty Stone Stone Bones protege or apprentice or I like the word protege. All right, I, I think we have a good list for everyone now. That's that's cool. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll go to the top and see if uh, we can vote some traits onto people. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I get a vote too, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yes. Alright, so when it comes to your character, you don't get a vote. When it comes to everyone else's character, you get a vote. Uh, and in some cases, we need a majority vote, and in other cases, we need a unanimous, like, agreement. I feel like maybe in the course of this conversation, we've reached a unanimous, <laughs> you know, point, but, uh, let's start with Opkel. So, for the Tinkerer, in some form, is that something we we feel like he should get? Yeah, and, and we should probably stick to like three of these traits. What's up for for grabs is tinker, which is possibly a call on trait, so that could be worth noting. There's suicidal bravery. There's superstitious, and there's old dog new. To actually, screw it. If all of you are on board with all of them, I think you should get all of them because they're all stuff that maybe suicidal bravery is the only thing that I wouldn't be absolutely like. Oh, this, this you gotta have. But I think Tinkerer, Superstition, and, and Old Dog New Tricks, those three are all like traits that I, I think have definitely been shown and, and need to go on a character, uh, sheet. Cause, cause, and it's really, the only really, really reason, the only real reason that I'm not voting for Suicidal Bravery is I think Old Dog New Tricks is more important for Oak Kell's progression. 
I think he's played that more. He's been, you know, working on with his apprentices and coming to this revelation. That's been more important to what his character has been doing. All right. How, how do you think? I 100% agree with Dirk in terms of he's been playing that up more. I mean, yes, he is suicidally brave. We know this. But <laughs> <laughs> or he's just suicidally stupid. There's, <laughs> But he's been more working with, uh, like Dirk said, his apprentices and, and ironing stuff out and, and things. So I think that's probably a good philosophy for him to adapt so he can continue to do that kind of stuff. I concur. In that case, in that case, both superstitious character traits, or new tricks character trait, and tinker, which which we're going to work out exactly how that works. Increase, of course, your reputation. Spider break it to two yep. if it weren't already, and add one doomsayer. Yep. Okay, that's done. Oh, cool. I've got doomsayer. I've got ah. doomsayer. Doom, doom. We're all doomed, or it's just doomed to fail. It'll be more. <laughs> it'll be more effective later when he's burned to a horrible like. Congealing well, mass of flesh. I, I, His last words. I was right. Uh. <laughs> Let's do this. Uh, just so we see that it's Flint and not someone else. <laughs> so, a, a noble or best intentions type character trait, a haunted character trait, and a shield of the dwarves uh, die trait. Some some kind of steel thing. <laughs> we'll, we'll work that out. Todd, of course, does not vote. Yeah. Can I vote? Ty can not vote. <laughs> 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 I had to think for a moment. Who's Ty? Oh, right. <laughs> Is there anything at this point that anyone feels like shouldn't be there among these suggested ones? Are they okay? Should we rename some of them? One of them? Any one of them? Should it be best intentions or noble intentions? Noble intentions. Okay. I think. <laughs> well, though best intentions does recapitulate the old saying, the, the path to hell is paved in good oh, good intentions, yeah. Yeah, maybe good intentions would be. I actually like good intentions just because of that quote. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's, let's make it good intentions then. I vote for all of them, obviously. I mean, he, de- yep, he deadly is haunted. He we were also thinking about a reputation for him. Uh, yes, let me uh, put those uh, in there. Because I think if Ufkiller knew that you were haunted by 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 various spirits, he might have a different way of uh, you know. So the, we would we would up his looks out for his fellow dwarves to two, uh, mm-hmm. and give him a new reputation for being maybe a little crazy or a bit weird or weirdo or. Consider that oh. to the other dwarves, he's been talking to himself and he's been raving about stuff like being able to talk to spiders and them them talking to him and some people might believe him. I got witnesses. Yeah, some people might believe him. Others might be like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go with the the simplest solution and call it a little crazy. Um, yeah, that works. Reputation. One D a little We're crazy, and, and you're up or your your looks up, fellow words. dwarves too. Not touched, not touched. Crazy. He's not yeah. God's crazy. touched. It's not that kind of touched. <laughs> no. it's, it, yeah, let's not go there. So one He's D a little not crazy, a yet. and up looks up for his fellow dwarves to two D. Yep. Okay, dokey. And you get all of the good intentions, haunted and shield of the dwarves, which should be a die trait, and we'll we'll work out exactly how that works. Sure. I believe Dirk will be next. Yes. Looking at them now, I think. I would probably take away the greed fork trait. I, I would, I would definitely evolve undaunted, keep King un, under the mountain, and definitely have KG as a character trait. I can't particularly see KG, but I might actually not even know what 
you mean by cagey. I mean, so, he's playing it in a sly way. Like he's ne- he, unlike the other dwarf leaders and other dwarf, you know, mouthy dwarf people, Fandral tends to sit back, consider the situation, and then go for a subtle solution. Unless he's called upon directly by invading goblins with axes or crazy cult leaders with axes. You can't see me waving my my arms around when I say those things, but that's what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's not Machiavellian, which is, which is something, it's a whole different level of of machinations. But he's also consistently been like, he hasn't necessarily, okay, at one point he concealed information from Flint that he felt was unnecessary which pertain to Flint's heritage because it could conceivably like impact his wealth or gotten us all killed. Yeah, that too. Uh, and he's been keeping his own counsel, like keeping stuff close to the vest and playing it. Cage. Well, okay. That's well, what I you mean, mean by KG. Yes. Okay. Two different yeah, yeah. meanings in our heads. Then well, yes, you also, I, you, I, I agree. Maybe calculating is a better, I don't know. When there's greed and emotion involved, uh, that's more King under the mountain, um, territory. And when it isn't, Fandral's mm-hmm. reflecting on things or calculating what what could he do. Cal- yeah, calculating sounds good. Talk. Uh, I'm not a thinker, but that doesn't mean I won't split your head with an axe. <laughs> <laughs> I say calculating, sparing KG. To me, that that carries the the appropriate coldness of his consideration so far. Like, unlike the other dwarves, he's not heated in his scheming. <laughs> <laughs> Is that cool? Yep. I'm good with that. Okay. So, sure. Okay. I guess we, we're giving Fandral a calculating character trait. Is everyone cool with a King Under the Mountain character trait to reflect that is his own? so Fandral. That's yep, his own. Appropriate. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> everyone is on board. Um, and yeah, making Undaunted a die trait. Yeah, of some yeah. kind. I think we nix the Greed Fork trait for now. Make Undaunted a die trait, and then we'll figure out uh, if we should reduce surprise hesitation or all hesitation or... Uh, so we didn't have any reputation <laughs> changes for for the no. print. Yeah, I was so. about to ask. Did you <clears throat> have any? No, no, no. Let's move on to our final dwarf. <laughs> so there's bedside manner, which is the stuff he's been doing generally speaking. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They're secretive for protecting Stomo's identity and and uh, being involved in a, a few like I don't want to say clandestine, but is esque um, schemes of other dwarves. And there's the legacy character trait, which uh, refers, of course, to his family legacy and and his notions that there there's more to mm-hmm. his name than um, meets the eye. I'm totally on board with all of that. Yep, mm-hmm. and also with the reputations as well. The dog lover and Stomo's protege. I, mean, I think Stomo's protege is a is a reputation that should have been there a long time ago. Maybe we mm-hmm. should have given it to him for free. I don't know. We played it like it was there. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> but now. Slate can actually call on other dwarves by using the status of being Stonebones protege, right? You can, you ah. can, you can throw that weight into a circles test. If we're on board with all of that, then Slate gets all of that. Yeah. Well, cool guys. I think I hate voting's easy when you uh, come up with all the uh, the sol- unanimous uh, suggestions up front. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's why we talk things through. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think maybe the the default Burning Wheel headquarters play is they start with like just throwing out completely uh, heinous traits like, oh, I think the cleric should have murderous and uh, and uh, you should have, you know, uh, giggles and puppies. And, uh, you know, and then they go, ah, that's a bit. Better than yours. 
Hey, you, you should, you should have alcoholic. I'm, I'm a brewer. Yes. That, this sort of goes along <laughs> being a brewer. <laughs> That's something we did overlook, but generally speaking, it seems like the dwarf society we have conceived of is a drinking society. So if you had alcoholic, you would be <laughs> the worst. You would be the most stinky possible alcoholic you could even imagine. I, I, it's kind of maybe harsh to call it a drinking society. I think it's a well lubricated society. <laughs> it, it's how you get two stones to slide. <laughs> hey, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. We got through my little schedule um, in one piece, and we finished all of it. Flint's uh, damage or, or injury is, is uh, done. We did the wrap up. We did the trade vote. I'm really proud of us. <laughs> Go team! <laughs> With a minimum of tangents. <laughs> and again, I, I, I seem to hear that it was sort of okay with the story time half session this time, but um, sure. I'm going to try to avoid it in the future because I, I generally want to see more mm-hmm. player interaction. But this oh, yeah. was something that needed to happen for like understanding what was going on. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Thank you for playing, guys. Oh yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Dwarf elevator music, people. To have a dwarf in a corner doing that, and or wrapping a drum or something, or playing a flute. When they're going down the in the elevator to the mines. Yes, yes. Oh, God. I'm sorry, that's hilarious. Or maybe it's a dwarf with a fiddle, that would be annoying. Yes. Okay. Okay. No, 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 no. Dwarf with ukulele. No, it's got to be one with harmonica. That's a bit too Western for me, but uh, fair enough. Accordion. Whoa, okay, yeah, that's the ultimate and annoying right there. (laughs) No, 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 John happily demonstrates annoying. It's the tag where I mentioned you can go to our page at sunday-skypers.podbean.com, find links to all of our episodes, links to our Facebook page and MeWe page. You can email us at sundayskypers at zoho.com. It'd also be nice if you gave us a rating or review on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. And that's all I got.